Well, turning about, we're going to start by going to 2 Timothy. So turn in your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 1, and we're actually going to just look at one verse there. It's verse 10, and then we'll move some different places. We're so glad that you came this morning. It's, we call it Easter. We thank God that you could be here today. This is the day we remember, really, the death and the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we think about it. This is probably the greatest event in all of history, Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. It is the key. He came to the earth to die on the cross to pay for the sins of the world, and then he rose from the grave to conquer death, to give eternal life to all who simply believe. And so it's a great, great time, and we, we see that Jesus Christ conquered death and paid for all sins. So this morning really is a, a morning of praise and worship, but, but as we start, I want to uh, sort of start with a negative statement by saying, let's think about an enemy that we have. And of course, all people have enemies, but there is one enemy that is for every one of us, and that is death. The Bible calls death the last enemy or the final enemy. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. 1 Corinthians 15 says in Adam all people die. Hebrews chapter 9 says it is appointed for people to die, and then after that the judgment. So death is called the, the final enemy, and that's what it is. The enemy that we have is death. But God has conquered death. We find in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 54, that death is swallowed up in victory. In 1 Corinthians 15, 57, it says, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory, the victory over sin and death in Jesus Christ. He is the one that gives us the victory. If you look with me at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 10, is talking about our Savior Jesus Christ. Let me put up here. It says, he abolished death, brought life through the gospel. Look at the verse, verse 10. It says, but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who did what? Who abolished death, brought life and immortality, to light through the gospel. Jesus Christ has abolished death. He died on the cross to pay for sin. He rose from the grave to conquer death. So he paid for sin and conquered death. He's abolished death. He's brought life. He actually brings eternal life to all who simply believe in him. Uh, he gives the gift of eternal life, and it is through the gospel. When we hear the word gospel, it literally means good news. And the gospel, good news, is the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He died to pay for sin. He rose to conquer death. And so when we think about that message, we think about Easter. We think about, in fact, many of you have come, and you say, well, we come because on Easter, we remember the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, we have to have the death first. He has to die to pay for sin and then rise to conquer death. And that's why we come together on Sunday because Jesus Christ died and rose again. He, he rose again on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. And so we as the church celebrate and worship on the first day of the week because that's when Jesus Christ rose from the grave. It's actually a memorial. When we say every Sunday is Resurrection Day, it's a memorial. You know, the Bible has a lot of memorials. When the Jewish people came out of Egypt, God said, kill a lamb, put the blood on the door, I will pass over your home. And so every year on the 14th day of the first month, the Jewish people celebrate Passover. They never forget that. When the Jewish people went into Jordan, when they, when they crossed the Jordan River to go into the promised land, uh, they pulled big rocks out, put them up on the side, and said, when we look at those rocks, we will remember this is where we crossed into the promised land. When Jesus Christ, right before he got ready to, to leave, before he died and rose again, he said, I want you to do this and remember to me. I want you to take this bread and this juice and remember that it is my body and my blood, and I want you to remember that. We call it the Lord's Supper. Well, this morning is really a, a memorial. It's a, we call it Resurrection Day because Jesus Christ rose from the grave on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. We celebrate, we worship, we come together on the first day of the week. 
week. The Bible calls it the Lord's Day. Okay, Sabbath is Saturday. Sunday is called the Lord's Day, the first day of the week. Well, we're going to look at several things today. Let me just put some things up for you, some questions as we go through our passage this morning. I'll go through several passages. We're going to raise some questions. What is resurrection? Because we talk about Jesus rose from the grave. What are we talking about? Then, what did Jesus Christ say concerning his death and resurrection? Because he talked about it. And then the third thing is, what did Jesus Christ do, which is the greatest event in all the world? We'll see that. And then last, we'll end by looking at what is our response to the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I think there's going to be some great things. We'll go fairly quickly through this. I want you to see it as we go through it. So let's start with the first big question. What is resurrection? The Bible deals with resurrection. By the way, resurrection always deals with the body. Some people say things like, okay, when you die, like your spirit's going to come up and your body's going to be in the ground and that spirit's resurrection. No, it's not. Resurrection in the scripture is always of the body. So one of these days, the body is going to be raised up. 1 Corinthians 15 says this old perishable body will be imperishable. This old mortal body will put on immortality. So reality, resurrection, the definition is, is when the human body is raised from the dead or changed to, to never die again. Now understand that. Resurrection is when your body is either raised from the grave or when Jesus comes to get us and we're changed We'll, it, we'll, it will never see corruption, will never die again. So that's what resurrection is. So understand it. It is when your body, if you, if you die physically, your body will be in the ground, and God's going to raise that body. If you're alive when he comes, he's going to change your body, and that's called no corruption. That's what a resurrected body is. So remember this. It's always dealing with the body. Here's some questions to think about. Who was the first person resurrected? Well, you say, well, I, I think in the Bible, I remember there was this guy that, I can't remember his name, but he was this guy, and he was thrown in a, in a pit where the body of Elijah and Elisha, and, the, and his, he jumped right back up and came back from the dead. Or I can remember that when Jesus, there was a, a man named Lazarus, and he'd been dead for four days, and Jesus went and called his name and said, Lazarus, come forth, and he got up. And then there was a time Jesus went to this city called Nain, and there was this widow there, and she was coming out, and her only son had died, and Jesus stopped everything and raised the guy from the dead. And then and there was that time that there was this little girl. She was 12 years old, and Jesus was on the way to the house because her daddy had come, had come to Jesus and said, my daughter's dying, will you get here? And on the way there, they didn't make it, and somebody came and said, uh, don't bother the teacher anymore. She died. And Jesus said, don't worry about it. And so they went, went to the house, moved everybody out, went over and raised her from the dead. And so we'd say, aren't those resurrections? No, they're not. They're resuscitation because resurrection is to be raised from the dead, never to die again. These people all were raised from the dead to die again. Resurrection is to live forever. Who is the first person to be resurrected? The first one is Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 15. What I want you to do is turn to 1 Corinthians, just turn a few pages toward the, fr more fr the front of your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'll give you just a, you know, just a little bit to turn there. I want you to understand 1 Corinthians 15 is called the resurrection chapter. And because it deals with the whole issue of resurrection. So who is the first one ever to be resurrected to never die again? It is Jesus. If you will look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20, it says, But now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. First fruits means the very first one. So Jesus Christ is the first one ever to rise from the grave, never to die again. So here's a question we start thinking about. It. Okay. Will human beings 
be raised from the dead? The answer is yes. Jesus Christ has conquered death for every person, whether they're a believer or an unbeliever, death. Death is conquered. In fact, I want you to see this because Jesus Christ has conquered death. He has done it all. Look at this. All who have believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life. Now, that means that you have believed that he would give you eternal life and you've trusted in him and he's saved you. People say, are you saved? Say, saved means I have eternal life. I believed in Jesus Christ to give me eternal life. That's his promise. All who have believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life have an eternal relationship with Jesus and we've been raised from the dead and that's called eternal life. All who have not believed in Jesus Christ. These are people who say, I have not believed in Jesus. I don't believe in Jesus. I don't. And they do not have an eternal relationship with him, but they will exist forever. They will be raised from the dead, but they will be raised from the dead to be separated from Jesus Christ. And this is called in the Bible, the second death. Sometimes it's called the lake of fire, and sometimes people call it hell. So think about this. Everyone who's ever believed in Jesus Christ, who's trusted in him for eternal life, they're going to be raised from the dead to spend eternity with Jesus. It's called eternal life. Those who have never believed in Jesus Christ and they die, they will be raised from the dead to live forever separated from God. And the Bible calls it. And we, we don't want to really say live forever. We want to say exist forever. In fact, they actually die forever because it's called the second death. Jesus Christ had conquered death for every person. I want you to understand something. Jesus not only has died on the cross to pay for the sins of every person, he has conquered death for every person. I want you to see this. This is found in 1 Corinthians 15. You're in verse 20. Look at 21 and 22. Look what it says. For since by a man, that's Adam, came death. So Adam, when he sinned in the garden, brought death to every person. Notice it says, for since by a man, as Adam, came death, by a man, that's Jesus, also came resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam, all will die. So also in Christ, all will be made alive. Jesus Christ has died on the cross, paid for sin, and rose again conquering death, and he's made it possible that every human being will be raised from the dead to spend either eternity with Jesus Christ or separated from Jesus Christ. So that's key. Now, here's the second big point we've been thinking about. What did Jesus Christ say that he would do concerning his death and resurrection? Because Jesus talked about it. Jesus said, I'm going to die, and I'm going to rise again. If you were with him, if you were one of the 12, or if you were people around him when he was on the earth, he talked about going to the cross, dying, and paying for sin. I want you to do this. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 16. You're in Corinthians. Just go back a little bit more toward the front of your Bible to the, the beginning of the New Testament, and the first book is Matthew. And if you look at Matthew chapter 16, just turn there for a second. And we want to see a couple of verses there. Matthew 16. What did Jesus say about all of this? And we're going to look at verse 21. Now, Jesus had been with his men. And they were way north in Israel at this time. And Jesus said to them, he said, what, what do people say about me? What are they saying? And they said, well, some people think you're John the Baptist who came back from the dead. Some people think you're Elijah. Some people think you're Jeremiah, and some people think you're just one of the prophets. And Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You're the Messiah and the Savior. And then Jesus said something to them that they weren't expecting. Here's what he said, verse 21 of Matthew 16. From that time, 
Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, that's the religious leaders, and be killed, he's going to die, and be raised up on the third day. What did Jesus say was going to happen? I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going to be turned over to the religious leaders. I'll be put to death, but I will rise from the dead. I want you to see something else. Look at Matthew 17. That's the next chapter. Look at verse 22. He's with his men, and it says, And while they were gathered together in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man, that's his title, that's how he's called, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. He's going to be turned over to people, and they will kill him. They're going to kill me, and he will be raised on the third day. He said, I'm going to die and rise again. Look at chapter 20. Look at verse 17. Just turn over there just briefly. He says this, as Jesus was about to go to Jerusalem, now he's on the way to Jerusalem to die. He's coming to Jerusalem. He's going to get outside of Jerusalem. He's going to get on a donkey, and he's going to ride into the city, and the people are going to be shouting and saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, and they're shouting and everything, and he comes in riding on a donkey because that's, he fulfills Zechariah 9.9, which says the king of Israel will come into the city riding on a donkey, and that's what he's going to ride in. And so he's on the way to Jerusalem, and here's what it says. As he was about to go up to Jerusalem, he took 12 disciples, his 12, by themselves, and he said to them, he said, listen, come over here, listen to this. We're going to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. That's the religious people. The Jewish religious leaders are going to condemn him to death. Then it says, they will hand him over to the Gentiles, that's the Romans, to mock and scourge him and crucify him, that means to kill him, and on the third day, he will be raised up. Jesus says, Five times in the Gospel of Matthew, not counting the other places, that he's going to Jerusalem, be handed over to the religious leaders. They will condemn him to death. He'll get taken to the Romans. They will crucify him, and he will rise from the dead. He said, I will die and rise from the dead. That's his message. That's the key. Now, let me tell you, we ought to be excited about that because when he died on the cross, what did he do? He paid for all our what? Sins. And when he rose from the grave, what did he do? He conquered death. See, people, a lot of people say, oh, death. Death's not, death, is, death is not the end. Jesus Christ has conquered death. Well, let's raise this question then. What did Jesus do? It's the greatest event in the world. What did he say he was going to do? He said, I'm going to die. He's going to pay for sin. He was going to rise again to conquer death. Well, what did he do? Well, he died to pay for the man's sin. Isaiah 53 said, All we like sheep have gone astray, each one our own way, but the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised. He was wounded. He took our sin upon himself. I want you now to turn to Luke chapter 23. Just to, You're in Matthew. Just kind of flip over and you'll go to Mark and then you'll get Luke and get to Luke chapter 23. And as you're turning there, realize that Isaiah 53 talked about him being wounded and bruised and taking our sins. John 1.11 said he came into his own and we rejected him or they rejected him as a whole. So what happened? Well, let me tell you that Jesus went with his men had what we call the Last Supper, which was a Passover meal. And they left and they went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And then Jesus went over to pray and he put, took Peter, James, and John with him. He had already told him he was going to be betrayed. And that night Judas comes with a whole bunch of people, some Roman soldiers and some temple guards that were Jewish people. And they came and they got Jesus and they arrested him. And they took him and they took him to the religious leaders. And they were tried three times at night by the Jewish people. They called the Sanhedrin. They were the rulers. 
Jewish people, it was against the law of Moses to try somebody at night. They tried Jesus three times at night, found him guilty every time. They took him the next morning to the Romans, and they tried him before the Romans three times, one before Pilate, over to Herod, back to Pilate. Now, Jesus had no legal standing with the Romans. Jesus was not a Roman citizen. He was Jewish. There wasn't any laws broken. They could do anything they wanted to, and, Jew- and Roman people, Roman soldiers normally crucified non-Roman non- non- people, so Jesus is going to be crucified. So six trials, three before the Jews at night, all found guilty. Three trials before the Romans in the morning, all found not guilty. But you remember, Jesus, uh, Jesus was, was there, and they was brought up, and Pilate comes out and says, look, I have this deal every year. I release somebody. I, whatever, somebody's in trouble. I release them because I'm a real nice person. That's what he said. And so uh, he said, who do you want me to release? There was a guy named Barabbas who had killed somebody in the insurrection. He was a bad man. And then there is the one called Jesus. Who do you want me to release? Well, he thought they would say, release Jesus, and he'd be off the hook because he thought Jesus was not guilty. And yet the people, the religious leaders had told the people, shout for Barabbas. So they all started saying Barabbas. And he went, well, what do you want me to do with Jesus? And they said, crucify him. And he said, what has he done? And they said, crucify him. He said, I'm not going to do that. And they said, if you don't crucify him, he claims to be God. He claims to be Caesar. He claims to be the ruler. You're no friend of Caesar. And he went, boy, I'd get in trouble if I don't do this. So he washed his hands in front of everybody and says, okay, you can take him. And they took him. And they beat him, just like he said. And they turned him over to the Romans. And then they took him out. And they took him outside the city. And let me put this up for you. This is Luke 23, verse 32. We'll get to it in the Bible in just a second. But look, it says, and two others who were criminals were also being led to put to death with him. So when they crucified Jesus, they decided to take him, and they had a couple of other people that they were going to crucify too. Sometimes we think like crucifixion, well, maybe Jesus and these two were the only people ever crucified. The Romans crucified thousands of people, thousands of people. Jesus is just one of thousands they crucified. And so they've got him, and they took him and two others out there, and the others were criminals. And then it says, they came to the place called the Skull, and they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right and one on the left. Well, the place called the Skull, in Hebrew, that's Golgotha. It means a head, a skull. And you hear the word Calvary. People say, Jesus died on the cross of Calvary. The word Calvary means skull. And there's two traditions on this, on what, what, where was this place? Why was it called the Skull? Well, if you go, and even I was in Jerusalem in about 1976, and they take you out to a place where people think might be the hill that Jesus died on. And if you get back a little bit, you can look, and it looks like there's two eyes and a thing and a mouth, and some people say, that looks like a skull. And so some people say, that's why it was called the skull. There is another tradition that when King David, when David is a young boy and he killed Goliath, you remember what he did? He cut Goliath's head off and took it to Jerusalem. That's what it says. Tradition has the place where they buried Goliath's head was called the skull. So we don't know for sure where it was, but it says they took him to a place called the skull. They crucified him and the criminals, one on the right and one on the left. And Jesus was saying, get me off this cross. Is that what he said? No. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And they casted light, the lots dividing his garments among themselves. By the way, every, every prophecy that was ever made about Jesus came true. One of them was they'd cast lots for his garments. They crucified him. 
Why? To pay for our sins. To pay for our sins. Your sins are my sins. To pay the penalty for our sins. 1 Peter 2.24 says, He bore our sins in his body on the cross. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For God has made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. They killed him. Well, when he, when he died, he died on the cross. And a man by the name of Joseph of Arimathea, who was a secret disciple, that means he had believed in Christ, but he didn't tell anybody, he decided that he would go try to get the body. So he went to Pilate and said, Can I have the body? And they said, is he dead? And he said, bring one of my soldiers in. And he brought one of the soldiers in and said, is he already dead? And they said, he's dead. And I want to remind you of what happened. That it was getting late in the evening, and the very next day was called the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and that day was called a Sabbath day. And so the Jewish people wanted to get the bodies off of the crosses before the nighttime. And so they decided they would just go ahead and break the legs of the people on the cross because on the cross, if you're on the cross and you push up with your legs to hold yourself up, but if you can't push up, you slowly pull down and you suffocate. That's how you die on the cross. Well, they came to those two people that were beside Jesus and broke both their legs so they could die. And they came to Jesus and he was already dead. And so a Roman soldier said, well, let's make sure he pulled out and stabbed him. And the Bible said, they will look on the one whom they have pierced. Every, every prophecy about Jesus came true. So this guy named Nicodemus went up, and um, excuse me, this guy named Joseph Arimathea went up and said, can I have the body? And they said, well, okay, you can have it. And the Bible tells us that he got the body, but uh, the Gospel of John also tells us that a guy by the name of Nicodemus, who was the main teacher of Israel, went with Joseph Arimathea and helped bury Jesus. So many believe that this guy named Nicodemus was also a believer. So they took it down, they wrapped it in a linen cloth and laid him in a tomb in a rock that nobody had ever laid in. Now we talked about this in my grow group just uh, earlier today. And so Joseph of Arimathea, Arimathea is a town. It's about 12 to, you know, 8 to 12 miles from Jerusalem. Why would Joseph of Arimathea have a tomb in Jerusalem? He wouldn't, but he did. And maybe... God somehow impressed upon him, you know, maybe I better get a tomb here. I don't know why, but maybe I ought to get one. Well, we know why. It was to bury Jesus because nobody had ever lain in this tomb. So we said Jesus would die, but we also said he would rise again. And so look at Luke chapter 24. Look at verse 1, and we see what happened on the first day of the week. Remember, the first day of the week is Sunday. Sunday through Saturday. Saturday's the last day of the week. Saturday is the Sabbath day. We don't worship on the Sabbath. We worship on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. It's called the Lord's Day. So on the first day of the week, notice, on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. The spices were to put on a dead body. The dead body would begin to decay and it would smell bad. They brought these spices, which cost a lot of money, and they would rub the body, making it smell better until eventually it's nothing but bones. That's what they would do. So they've come out there to do that. They followed Jesus. They loved Jesus. You can imagine their thoughts. And, and if we'd have been there, our thoughts, we'd say something like, we thought he was the one. We thought he was the Savior. We, we watched him do miracles. We watched him do everything. We, we thought he was the one, but he's dead. That's what we thought. They come out there. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Now, what would you think? 
If you got there and the stones rolled away and you thought, boy, that, whoever did that, well, that was big. And then we go in and we go, he's not here. What's our first thought? Who got the body? Who came in here and got the body? That's what we think. That's what they probably thought. But notice, verse 4, while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men suddenly stood near them in dazzling clothing by those two men are angels. And they've appeared. And by the way, angels are so powerful. If an angel appeared in this room, every one of us would be on the ground. They're powerful beings. One angel killed 185,000 Assyrian troops in the Old Testament. One angel. They're powerful beings. Well, these two angels appear, and it says, as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, and the, the angel said to them, why do you seek the living one among the dead? Look at this question. Why are you here? Why would you come to a tomb to find a living person? Why would you come to seek the living among the dead? See, because what did Jesus tell them? How many times did he say, I'm going to go to Jerusalem, I'm going to die, and after three days I'm going to what? Rise again. It's like they're saying, hello, do you not remember what I told you? He's He's risen. Look what it says. He's not here. He has risen. Don't you remember how he spoke to you when he was in Galilee? He's alive. He died and rose again. Do you remember the message? And he goes on and says in verse 7, saying that the Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men. Remember? And to be crucified, he's going to die. And the third day, rise again. He's going to live. And then it says, and they remembered his words. Yeah, I, I remember him saying that. We just... We just didn't really think it was going to happen, <laughs> right? Sometimes we read the Bible and we go, really? See, the Bible says one of these days Jesus is going to come in the clouds, dead in Christ, rise first, we who are alive and remain to be caught up together with him, meet the Lord in the air. And sometimes we say that, really, is that going to happen? Really? It's going to happen. Yeah, it sure is. Revelation 19, 11, Jesus Christ is going to come out of the heavens and he's going to come to the earth and he's going to rule in righteousness and justice for a thousand years. That's going to happen. That's what it says. I want you to see one more thing. And You're in the Gospel of Luke. Turn to the next book, the Gospel of John, and turn almost to the end to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. And I want to give you this story. They came out to the tomb, and Jesus, Jesus was alive, and Jesus appeared to Peter. And then there were two guys walking on the road to Emmaus. They're just walking, and Jesus appears with them, and they find out it's who it is, and they go back and tell everybody, and everybody's saying, Jesus is alive, Jesus is alive. And there was a time when all of the disciples were together except the guy named Thomas. His nickname was Didymus. You know what that means? It means a twin. He had a twin. We don't know anything about his twin, but he had a twin. And Jesus appeared to everybody, and Thomas wasn't there. And they were all excited, and then Jesus left. And then Thomas comes in, and they go, Thomas, where have you been? Oh, I was out. I was out getting something to eat. Well, listen, Jesus appeared. He's here. Thomas said, what? you missed him. you got to be kidding me. No, he wasn't there. Yes, he was there. And Thomas says, wait a minute. Look at verse 24 of John 20. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not there when Jesus came. And so the other disciples were saying to him, we have seen the Lord. But he said, no, 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 no. Unless I see his hands and the imprint of the nails, and I put my finger in the place of the nails, and I put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Like, I like to believe it. I'd like to believe it. And y'all tell me it's true. But I want to see this with my own eyes. I want to see him alive. After eight days, verse 26, after eight days... What happened? 
His disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Think, I bet Thomas never left any of them after that. Jesus came, the doors had been shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Thomas, reach here with your finger and see my hands, and reach here to your side, to my side. Put it into my side with your hand. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said, Oh, my Lord and my God. And we'd say, Wow. That's so great, Thomas. But what does Jesus say? And Jesus said to him, because you've seen me, have you believed? That's good, but blessed are they who did not see and yet believed. You know who that is? That's us. We hadn't seen him. I haven't seen him. We'll see him one day. One day we'll get to be with him. One day we'll see him. We're going to stand by him if we want to. Ask him questions like, what did you do in that three-day time period when you were down? You know, we could ask him everything, right? But I haven't seen him. Have you seen him? But you know what? I believe that he died and rose again, and I believe that he gives me eternal life, and I have believed in him for eternal life. And so I'm one of those that Jesus said, and you are too. Blessed are those who haven't seen me, but believe, but believe. The death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what we're seeing. The results is what we call the gospel, the good news message. For Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. That he was buried and rose again the third day according to the Scripture. The death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what it is. He died for us. First Peter 2.24, bore in his body our sins on the cross. First John 2.2, 2, he's the satisfactory payment. Romans 5.8, God demonstrates his love toward us. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. He rose again. We've been seeing all these passages, and especially Luke 24, where he conquered death. In Jesus, all are made alive. That's our message. That's the greatest message. I think today when people go to church, they don't hear anything. And they wonder, and we wonder why people don't even like church, because they never taught the Bible. They never understand the truth. They just go and hear something and walk out the door. This is our message. Jesus died and rose again. Whoever believes in him will never perish, but have everlasting life. So here's the question. What is our response to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Well, here it is. Let us believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life. Now, I know a lot of people in this room, and I know many of you in this room have already believed in Christ for eternal life. You understand he died for you and paid for sin. You understand he rose again. You understand his promise. His promise is you believe in me, I give you as a gift eternal life. It is not works. It is not our goodness. It is not our righteousness. We receive the gift of eternal life by faith. But there may be some of you in this room this morning who have you maybe gone to church a lot or something, but you've never understood and heard the message that Jesus died for you and rose again, and he offers to you a gift. The gift is eternal life, and whoever will believe in him will never perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world, that's us, that he gave his son to die and rise again that whosoever anyone would believe in him, it's not works, it's not our goodness, it's not our anything, it's whoever would believe in him would never perish but have, what is it? Everlasting life. Eternal life is life forever with Jesus Christ. He offers that to you today, right where you're sitting. If you've never believed in Jesus, right where you're sitting, you could actually say, Lord, I believe that Jesus died for me and rose again. I believe you're offering to me a gift, and the gift is eternal life. And I don't work for it or earn it. I simply believe your promise that you will give me eternal life the moment I believe. Eternal life, by the way, means eternal life which means it lasts forever. The moment you believe in Jesus Christ, you are saved 
and saved forever. You have eternal life forever. I hope and pray if there's any one of you in this room and never understood that, even right now, you believe in Jesus for eternal life and you will be saved forever. If you have questions, call me anytime. I'd love to meet with you just uh, to talk about that. Okay, I want to show you the contrast. There were soldiers who made fun of Jesus. There was a soldier who believed. There was a thief who made fun of Jesus. There's one who believed. There was the crowd who made fun of Jesus. There were the women who believed. Where are you? Are you the one that believes or are you the one that mocks? That's what it boils down to. I hope and pray that every one of us in this room, if somebody were to say to you, if you were to die, you think you'd go to heaven, you'd say, I have eternal life because I have believed in Christ for eternal life. The second application, let's proclaim the good news message. Let's do it. We, we're not ashamed of his death and resurrection, as 2 Timothy 1.8, but by God's grace, he has done what? Abolished death and brought life. We get to tell people how Jesus died and rose again, and whoever believes in him will never perish but have everlasting life. Listen, if you know John 3.16, you can share the great message with anybody. That's all it is, John 3.16. Last but not least, let's realize every Sunday is Resurrection Day. We worship on the first day of the week because Jesus rose from the grave on the first day of the week. And so every year we always celebrate Easter. And people come and we say, yeah, we're remembering the resurrection of Jesus. Every Sunday we should remember the resurrection of Jesus, his death and resurrection for us.